Hey everybody, it's Nolan North, you know, Nathan Dre from Uncharted, and you're listening to the Geek Apocalypse Podcast. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Geek Apocalypse Podcast with yours truly, Mr. Stephen Hesse, and thank you for checking out the podcast again, we are back in a more regular schedule, hopefully, um, so that's what I'm here to explain, and also to say that this is a hosted episode with uh, me and uh, Ricky, who's at Vivid Ricky on Twitter, and I'm at Geek underscore Apocalypse, um, and it's kind of just to get back into the swing of things, really, because as I explained in the last solo podcast, which you would have hopefully listened to, uh, is... I had a situation with my dog needing surgery. Uh, I got a dog recently uh, for about two months, and um, that meant I had to figure out how to get in treatment. Um, so all sorts of complications. And uh, fortunately, it's all well again. I'm going to send a picture uh, on Twitter of him looking all uh, nice and healthy, which is such a relief. So that's uh, one less thing to worry about. Also, I had a situation with Geek Apocalypse website, which I touched on. So I'll say this again: is the the domain name provider. Uh, the company that I uh, buy the domain name off decided to screw me over because I was delayed in paying the money for the next year renewal and that's because my credit card information changed I thought I'd done everything that I needed to do because of running a, a business essentially I thought I'd changed over everything turns out this one minute thing I forgot and then it turns out they asked a ridiculous amount of money to basically unfreeze the website. So fortunately, um, that w- the website still exists and it's hosted somewhere else. Um, it just means I have to change the domain name. So I'm not prepared to pay them to shaft me for some money and just re- change the name slightly. And it should be back online soon. We're going to take the opportunity while that's happening to do a little bit of tweaking. Because we're going to put Mentally Sound back. Uh, on that site uh, as well now that we're back on Spice FM which I'd like to say is 98.8 FM but I might be wrong but if you go to www.spicefm.co.uk you can listen to us live Uh, so Mentally Sound which we mentioned more in part 2 because this is part 1 because we talked an awful lot in catching up with Ricky about a whole host of different things Um, and before I forget happy Mental Health Awareness Week as well because we touched on mental health uh, on this podcast um, is yeah so Mentally Sound is a mental health show that we did for over a year on a community radio station and now we've been upgraded to an FM station which we're really super excited it's got state of the art facilities in a great location so that's back um, which is why I'm going to be doing less Geek Apocalypse podcasts uh, probably two maybe three a week still um, but, I, but I can't do the weekly schedules because Mentally Sound is quite labour intensive uh, we have a bunch of guests on. So, um, yeah, so we talk about mental health on that show quite candidly. Um, it is a full radio show with music and everything that we're now going to put online on iTunes. So if you type in Mentally Sound on iTunes, you can listen to that as well. And it's much more, like I say, radio feel. We talk every 10 minutes, take a break and have songs and stuff. So do have a look at that. So like I say, we'll talk more about that with Ricky on part two of this podcast. Uh, but we're glad to be back. As I say, at Geek underscore Apocalypse on Twitter. Um, and enjoy this host episode with me and Ricky. Okay. Um, so yeah, 
Yeah. I had a bunch of things to talk about, and as per usual, I could be on complete tangents. Um, I I don't remember any of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, actually, um, well, the main thrust of it was just about mainly sound coming back and how it came about. Yes, yeah. we'll definitely talk about that. And as per usual, I'm not even gonna bother with doing a proper introduction, but um. I did do a podcast previously about like just why all the sort of stuff that has been going wrong um, with Lister and everything else, and why I haven't done one in a while. Uh, yeah. It's been like three weeks or so. So, um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, so that's that's obviously something I can go into more detail because it's good to have someone like yourself who can ask some, in, you know, some uh, give me some feedback, or if you're interested in knowing a certain thing. Because like, if I said to you, for example, the a hematoma. I think, did I tell you what a hematoma was? This is probably a null question. <laughs> Just suddenly like, I'm going to ask Ricky a question he already knows. Um, do you know what a hematoma, did I tell you what was wrong with Lister in terms of his ear? Like what the actual biological thing is, what it's called? It's called a hematoma? Did I tell you that? It's basically the dog version of cauliflower ear. Um, no, that's what they get afterwards. Um, that's like oh. the symptom. Um, it's basically a burst blood vessel. Yeah. Um, and it's called a hematoma, and it's specifically in the ER. Like cats can get it too. Um, and so basically, I'll I'll do the quick story, even though like I did do a more rundown version last time. So basically, the 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 problem I had because I don't know I don't know whether or not I talked about the fact that it wasn't me pet insurance didn't cover it, uh, which I'll not go into too much detail because it's boring. But basically, like I had so many problems because. Lister needed surgery. Lister's the name of my dog, for those that listened to this for the first time, because um, I'm a huge Red Door fan. And um, I got him uh, mid-February, something like that, because I had to wait because he had an ear infection. And then he ended up... Um, ha- he had to have a blood test because he wasn't gaining weight. So that was a worry. Um, I was also working for the university, which I'm sure will come up at some point. Um, and then, essentially... Um, and then he developed a hematoma, uh, which either could be the ear infection could have attri- attributed to it, um, because it leads some to scratching more, or he might, you know, because he could have been doing something late at night when I'm asleep that I didn't notice, like he could have been scratching it against something, I don't know. Um, I'll say he could have just banged it against a branch when we were walking, and I never noticed, because it's a hard thing to notice until it uh, happens, really, because it, be, it can be pretty fast. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, so it, it was like virtually all of his ear was swollen, Um it was basically like kind of like it kind of looked like a bruise that a boxer gets when he be, when he gets hit like a big bruise on the fawny's forehead. Um, so I was obviously concerned. I went to my private vet, which is not far from where I live, um, and they basically said it's going to cost this amount of money, and it was literally a small fortune uh, to put. I'll not say how much it was, but basically it was double my rent, which you might know. I don't know if I told you how much my rent is, but yeah, it was like double my rent basically, and I was li- I was literally like I can't afford that. Like, that's yeah. ridiculous. And they explained, they looked at my pet insurance and basically said, oh, um, so I'll not name, like, any companies or anything, because I don't, I, you know, it, it's it's frustrating, um, but it is what it was, and I'm over it now. Uh, but it was obviously frustrating at the time. Uh, and also I explained the whole thing about the Geekpocalypse website, which is still currently not up yet, because the company who had the domain name started to charge me a ridiculous amount to get it back up because I forgot to pay the domain name thing so that all happened in the same week um but basically yeah i went to the vets and she said oh um you don't uh that this isn't covered because they made the argument of i assumed he had a he must have had a hematoma before mm-hmm. um and he's had loads of ear infections before he had an ear infection he also had an ear infection on top of it 
Um, and he had an ear infection before I got him from the shelter. He actually had one when he was in there because I couldn't socialize with him. The first couple of times I went to see him was through literally a cell. I was like, hello, my pension could be your owner. And he's like, you know, fall. he literally fell into a wall. The first time I met him, he fell into a wall. Like my friend Alan, who's my Nick's, my friend Nick's husband. Yeah. He took me there because he got a car and he was actually like had a free afternoon. And he said, I went to the shelter. I think there's a dog you're going to really like. He must, I've known him not, I've obviously not known him as long as his wife, but um he must have a keen eye of what i kind of dog i think he would think i would like um because he was totally spot on i literally was the first dog i went to um mm-hmm. and yeah he literally came over to like get a stroke when he was at the thing and he fell this sounds harsh that i'm laughing but it was I'm, I'm glad he was okay he was obviously like he looked all right i wouldn't laugh if he was hurt but he literally just fell into the wall and then i'm like is he drunk or something and then it turns out he had an ear infection and his balance was um, his balance was gone, uh, so because it was quite uh, bad an ear infection, um, so I wasn't allowed to socialise with him because he was classed as a sick dog, and they didn't let people socialise with sick dogs. So, yeah. um, so anyway, so they said this has clearly happened before, and so we argue that it's a, like a pre-existing condition, as in because also because he's a long-eared dog, he's more mm-hmm. prone for this happening. Mm-hmm. So there's all this like really legal technical bullshit, basically. Um, which I'm pleased to say because now we're on Spice FM on Mentally Sound we've got to be really careful we don't swear because <laughs> we can get fined <laughs> so best tell the guests that whenever they come not that, we, not that we swore before at the previous station not really no I think actually you know what it is I'll reveal something on your back of that and I'll get back I'll finish that story but to, to Ricky is actually, not now that I think about it I actually think do you remember I think in Mentally Sound uh, in the mentally Mental Health News when Steve first took over, I'm pretty certain I said shit accidentally. And you kind of went, oh, sorry. And I don't know whether or not people caught it because I kind of just went, ah, oh, shit, like kind of with the microphone a little bit away from me. So it's only that like you could sort of hear it if you really listened. But um, but yeah, um, <laughs> it shows how little uh, the last radio station we were with never listened to our show because they were just like, <laughs> nah, whatever. <laughs> like, um, uh, you know, so I don't think people cared, so. Uh, at least the people who ended up listening to the show didn't didn't care. So, um, but yeah, the fact that we're regulating now is good. We'll get to that obviously because that's big news that we want to share on this particular podcast. Because I mentioned that it was coming back, but I, obviously we can talk about how the first show went and everything, and the fact that it's online. But yeah, so um, a big shout out to the PDSA, which is anyone who's not from England, is a charitable um, pet organisation that as a vet a veterinarians that basically offer surgery to people who are less fortunate financially and luckily because i get some benefit money um uh, which people know if they've ever listened to my circumstances currently um meant i could go and get basically the same the surgery needed but for far cheaper um basically they I, they were like pay what you can so i literally paid them whatever i whatever i could afford at the time um so so yeah, um, and I've got to say they did a fantastic job. Before we started recording this, um, I actually showed Ricky, like I picked up Lister and showed him it, and he basically like his ears look virtually the same. I don't know Ricky can answer that, but I did pretty much do like. So they did a fantastic job, but he was basically um, on limited exercise, and he was a little bit like sort of just, and he had to have where the cone of shame, as my friend calls it, where they got a cone around the. Collar. The cone, the cone of shame. Because no, well, it's apparently a reference to some film. I wish I remember what what it was now. 
but it's a reference to a film. And, and but basically, honestly, if you if you'd have saw it, Ricky, you would have understood because it's basically you, the reason uh, my friend calls me. She had, she's had a dog in the past, and it's because the dog your dog tries to do everything normally and forgets that they're wearing it. So it's funny but sad. So like one of the things that Lister enjoys doing is he likes burrowing whenever I walk him. So um. Like as in Burren, as he just like sniffing the ground and sort of like a sort of a pig looking for a truffle. Like he starts going, and he's sort of looking around, and he couldn't do that with the cone. And every time he kept trying, he looked up to me and he's like, "What have you done to me?" <laughs> like that kind of thing. And I like felt so sad, and that's why it's kind of the cone of shame because they look at you like they're really embarrassed that the fact they have to wear it. Also, when I was doing my regular walks with him, like a li- just little small walks around the block, people were going, oh, what's happened to your dog? Because people know that that cone is in relation to that they've had an operation. Um, yeah. So he's getting the whole shit. He's getting all the sympathy votes from all the people like you. You know the, the very in. first image of the, the whole of <laughs> the cone of shame, as it were? <laughs> yeah. Was was actually in the... And I, I, I never knew. I guess I, never, I was... I, I, I don't know why I wasn't curious to ask. I, I wasn't sure what I thought it was or what it represented. Um, was in the Nirvana video, "Come as You Are." There's a there's a, oh, there's yeah. a there that, that wears a, a cone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, basically, it's to stop them scratching where they've been yeah. cut open, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, because my dog's definitely a scratcher. So, so yeah. So with Do all cats that problems, wear them as well. Sorry. Do cats wear them as well? Uh, yeah, my friend said because. Uh, Ed, cats can get hematomas. I think of it, I've seen cats, yeah. So. Well, my friend Nicola, as I said, I I I, I love her dearly, uh, but she um <laughs> she made me like really really worried that he was just I was going to wake up and he'd found a way of like just getting it off because a lot of dogs and cats who get it try and very very aggressively to get get it off them because it's irritating. Because imagine like if it happened to us as humans, if you have a cone around your head and you're like limited in terms of movement and it's like hot, it's uncomfortable to sleep in, like you you would get cranky eventually. And I've got to say, like Lister did a really good job. Like he he was not like what my friend Nicola described. Her cats, when she said, I think one of they, their cats had to do had to wear like both of her cats had to wear one at any at certain time, and literally within five minutes of them getting home, they'd ripped it off. Because mm-hmm. cats, obviously being smaller, I guess they can get to it easier. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they like ripped it off and were like, "Screw this!" Because cats are more like notoriously, notoriously <laughs> independent. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what made me laugh about that scenario. I was like, "Going, I love the idea of cats going bullshit." Am I wearing this? Like, <laughs> like just sort of, and then nonchalantly walking off, going, "I think I've, I think I've said what I needed to say." Yeah. <laughs> I think you know who's boss around here. <laughs> Whereas list, I was just like, "What have you?" Because um, dogs are much more like looking to their owner for permission, like you know. Because I tell you, what, you know what's funny? Like kind of, so that that's really what happened. So look, luckily, like it's all good, and he got healed, and I didn't have to be looking after him all the time. Um, so a huge shout out to PDSA, which I said last time, just they were absolutely brilliant. And, um, and are these guys nationwide? Are they? That's a good question. I don't know. I'm assuming so. Um, I don't think I wanted to actually I've, Google. I've got a friend who goes to them as well. Yeah, that's great. Honestly, like the customer service, I know they do it because you're essentially giving them donations. So they, they I, that's, but I, I think that's really unfair because it basically implies that they're just like, oh, we really think you're awesome. Give us money. That's that. Ironically, I, I think private vets should take an example in this because private vets, I'll be honest. Even when I've went in with friends who have, I've, I've occasionally went in with friends when they're like picking up their pet or something, and. They literally have this approach of they're staring at your wallet. 
Like, because they want you to pay them for what they're doing. Because if you walk into a private vet and you've got an appointment, it's £30 just to be seen. Or at least round about that, £30, £40. It's, it's like going to a dentist or anything like that. Which is totally understandable because if you make an appointment, that's right. Well, but... most, pri- most private of any field are like Exactly, that. yeah. No, I'm not... I'm, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I understand that point. But then it's like all the extra stuff that they bump up and they like everything's more expensive and another thing is that it's ne- it's very often not up for open not up for debate and they often go it's this or nothing and that was ver- that was kind of like what the- i felt their approach was it was like it's surgery or nothing what the- what i liked about the pdsa is they they looked at they like they kept they like examined them like thoroughly and was like options yeah and kind of were like we can maybe do it this way or whatever it was and they were much more kinder about explaining things because i'm not saying they weren't doing their job it's just it's basically the bedside manner is what i'm talking about is that they're much more like right you need to do this and i felt more comfortable because you reach a certain situation it's the same as when you go into hospitals is that you find yourself going um you find yourself sitting there going uh like you want to ask them something that may sound really stupid, but you kind of want the, the right circumstance to kind of ask it. So I was the same there as so I was going, so if my fr- if my dog has floppy ears, like I asked this, for example, I was like, if my dog has floppy ears and he's prone to ear infections, what can I do to help that? Yeah. Like, what can I do as an owner? Because yeah. if, this is more, if this is more likely to happen with the dog that I have, then I need to have a responsibility as the owner to help him with that. So they recommended what I ended up getting, which is really not costly at all, is basically like ear drops just to clean his ears. And I only need, it's only a once like once a week. So I've basically made it a Sunday. So every yeah. Sunday I remember that um, I'm like, okay, you need to get ears done, which is like the same time as I, wa- I give him a wash basically. And so I make sure that like clean his ears out, check if there's an ear infection. Yeah. Um, and that way I know that if I can stop an ear infection from getting too, um, too, di- too like, like clinging onto him basically, so I can stop it before it gets serious, um, yeah. and that means it's less likely this will happen again um, or anything else bad uh, in terms of yes. Um, so yeah, so it was that kind of thing. They were just unbelievably nice, and they were like, "Right, this appointment, give him this," and just very much kind of like, um, like kind and kind and just understanding that like yeah, um, people are in vulnerable situations. Because when I told them like that's far too much money, I can't pay it. They kind of looked at me like tough. <laughs> I was just like, well, as much as I understand that situation, I was just like, there's a way of, there's a way of like reacting to that. It's like they just don't have a, a, a consideration for what the person's going through, which is why I I make the, the the sentence of it's like they just care about your business rather than your custom, which as a as a customer it would be nice to feel more like there's no like interaction as well it's like it's not like going to a gp going oh how are you doing how's work and you know all the kind of small talk that you prefer in situations that are difficult it's very much a to the point of okay let me check his ear oh he's got this it'll cost this let us know you th- that is no your decision bye <laughs> like i mean at the heart of it is the welfare of the animal as well so you yes. think that by focusing on that then then you've at least at least as a plan B, come to some sort of a compromise if if the first initial uh, estimate can't be met. I'd have thought. Yeah, well, um, if you're uh, there's ways there's ways that you can you can make an account with them and basically pay them over time, which I did consider. Right. Um, like, and they they the, you agree with the you agree essentially with the vet what you pay them per month until you pay it off. 
um, which I've I've heard people do before, but I, I'm not I'm not comf- I was never comfortable with that because that means then it's going to be something that I'm going to be hurting for every month that I have to do it. Whereas if I just got the money together that I needed, I could have just done it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it means that he gets seen too quicker. Um, I mean they would have done the operation still at a reasonable time, but um, but uh, but yeah anyway. So so that was really the the the, the situation is that it was just. I went from getting a dog and taking like a month off to it ended up being way longer because um, every like over a period of about two and three weeks everything was like going wrong. <laughs> so I was just like, oh god, like the last thing, uh, the last thing I wanted to do was to sit and talk about it in a podcast because I was like very <laughs> mentally drained. Um, so yeah, so uh, luckily that's all dealt with. So yeah, so uh, clean your dog ears, people, if you have a dog. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that was the byproduct of it, and it was not anything I did. I think it was just, um, it could have been that he never really got over his ear infection before I got him. It could be, it could have been that, like it was still there. But you never know. So, I, so in, I mean, it's still early days, but I can speaking as a friend, and and even though that. Um, uh, well, it's been a matter of like just a two or three months. Yeah. How would you say it's changed your, your relationship with Lister? How would you feel? Um, and I, I'm glad you said that because one of the things like we'll get to mentally sound being back because we did touch on this, but we never really talked about it, and we get the opportunity to talk about it now. Is the mental health wise? Because obviously that show is about mental health for those that may not have know what we're talking about. Um, Mentally Sounds is another podcast we do, which we just put a radio show up because it's come back, which we'll talk about that in more detail. But basically, it's about mental health. And in terms of my general health, and I'll, obviously you ask about relationship, but I'm just saying, since I've had him, like I've I I do still obviously get man, like essentially manic episodes, like um, which I have to deal with and cope with. And I had one um, I had one yesterday actually, like last night. I just suddenly was like felt very aggressively emotional um and list i can tell um and he kind of just like goes in his bed and he's just like i need to well, that's, my own. that's the area i was going to tune into because yeah. go ahead um Ask my ex- i mean i was always a dog person okay mm-hmm. even though i never had a dog i used to believe it or not i used to um i used to walk rottweilers for these neighbors okay. yeah. zach, and, zach and zoe they were called uh-huh and me and a couple of friends used to like walk them for about for the for the for the whole of one summer holiday back in like the late eighties or something. Um, I know it was fine, but all the, all the other kids used to climb up trees, sketch. <laughs> well, that's why I, I was going to explain why I laughed when you like cause it was such a random laugh I just did there when I said you said Rottweilers and I laughed because anytime someone says that, I just think of um, I just think of. <laughs> Like just ridiculously yeah. aggressive. Um, but I guess saying that... that when I when I you know um, for your listeners uh, when I mean the, one of the first things we played in the first mentally sound show was an interview I had with a social worker. Now how I got to know him is I used to be an activist with him as well. Yeah. Still am in some ways. Yeah. And when I one one day we were leafleting around Rye Hill, which is an estate near uh, Newcastle College. Yeah. Um, I, I think I've passed through that, yeah. And I've never seen a bigger Rottweiler in my life. <laughs> I, I was about to open this gate, and this huge Rottweiler just ran through <laughs> me. Oh, and it, dear. Like a, it, was like a, it was like a horse in a way, because it just galloped rather than ran. And 
you'd think the way it ran, that its momentum would make it jump over the fence and leap towards me. Uh-huh. But fortunately, as it got towards the 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 gate, it thought, "No, nah, I'm not going to jump this." <laughs> just screeched to what? Honestly, it was the most menacing. Oh God! Right, thank you for bringing this up. Right, I must tell you a really funny story. Like, it, it again, it's funny because the dog one in the question. Many, one many things that you, when you got leaflet and the many stories and. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, yeah. The, yeah. Well, you, Which actually a... makes you th- sympathise with like postmen because yeah, oh, when God, you've yeah. got close encounters with dogs and stuff. <laughs> Oh god, yeah, they must see all sorts of stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I mean that that since I've been obviously walking the dog since I've had him, um, there's a lot of stuff goes on in streets that you're just like you're suddenly aware of. You become more aware of what's going on around you. Um, it's quite interesting. But I must say, right, that this happened uh, about five days ago, and it was, I couldn't stop giggling because thank God the dog's okay. So this I have to pre- premise this before it happened because obviously if we witnessed this, it would have been a horrible thing to see. What I thought was the funniest thing um, is we, I was walking along with my dog Lister uh, just outside our house, and we're walking along my my street's quite long. It's like quite a long like intertwiny street. So there's in the name, so it, like we go we walk along the entire thing usually. Um, so we're walking along, and then I I just hear this this window open on a on a house that we walk past. It just the window at the top floor just opened, like as in someone must have just like I'm feeling hot, I'm going to open the window. And all of a sudden, you just <laughs> all of a sudden we hear a woman go, no, 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 don't jump, don't jump, don't jump. And the next thing you see is this tiny tiny dog trying to jump out the window because he saw Lister. <laughs> And he hit the glass, he hit the glass thing, like, <laughs> he hit the glass window. And, like, my first thought was, thank God she didn't open the window all the way, because literally that dog would have jumped from the top floor just to basically try and get Lister, because basically he'd saw me with the dog, and he tried to jump out the window, and I'm like, it, it, so it's like what, you know, the funny story of, like, when dogs don't notice glass and they walk straight into was a that, wall. Was that, like, a block of flats, or was it the apartment, or a house? I don't know, I'm again, uh, well, a lot of the stuff in my street is, like, flats in a house, so, like, a ground floor, ground flat and a top flat, so it was a top flat. So it's not like, I, I mean, apparently, like, you know, I, I know that the thing on QI is apparently if you, if you throw a cat out a certain... Like at a certain height that they have, because of the way they are, they can survive. Um, I don't know if it's the same with dogs, but I mean, I think he had a good chance of surviving. Like, but it was pretty high, and obviously, I didn't want to see it because it could have hurt itself really badly. But remember, remember that advert. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what the product was, but he. So this guy goes to the to his girlfriend's like like flat apartment for the first time, mm-hmm. and she goes to the kitchen or something. And he says, "Oh, don't worry, my my dog will keep me company." And uh, and he's like trying to, you know, he's obviously not experienced with dogs, and he just picks up this ball, mm-hmm. and and it bounces and it and it goes out the window. And the dog kisses. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yeah, when the dog jumps out. Yeah, what was the it's ad- just the, the expression on the guy's face? Because he's like, <laughs> what what do I do? I see. Yeah, do I... <laughs> what, was what, was that, what was that? What was that? What was that? Right. Also, if I told him, just you know, his dogs just <laughs> the dogs just. <laughs> Well, that and happens in uh, the. Chances with it. Do you remember that happens in that something about Mary as well? Uh, the dog jumps out the window yeah. and that when he's yeah. trying to like uh, get rid of all the evidence in the living room and he throws them. <laughs> um, but um, what was that advertising? Do you remember? Oh, I, remember. I have no idea. I, I, do you know that's what's so interesting? I think Stephen Fryer, somebody made this point about advertising that you always remember what happens in the advert, but you never remember the product, which means. 
theoretically, you should have a really dull advert that gets the message across about what it is because a random advert, you forget what the product's about. Yeah, yeah. Which is a really, really good point. I never thought about this because they talk about that with Super Bowl ads. Super Bowl ads are all like, you know, sort of mini films now because of how expensive they are to do. So they may make a huge effort to do really good ads. And you yeah. and uh, this was brought up in an interview I saw once where they're like, you you could basically take all them adverts and play them to people and get someone to guess what the product is and about they could try a million times and not have a clue because they're not not they're never a reference to what they're selling like i mean because for example perfume it's always about selling like a lifestyle it's always like a woman and a guy slow mowing on a beach some random place with a woman who's got a scarf that falls off in the wind (laughs) I mean, if and I was, guy if I, I was to, go on, to go on Room 101, I think perfume ads would be. <laughs> I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad I mentioned something that you just chestly hate. Then that's funny. Uh, but you, you, no, I I agree with you. I never, I've never liked any. You know, like um, you know, uh, others are available, but like Calvin Klein for men and now for women. <laughs> I love it as well when they add that. Like it's all like, oh, we've been excluding one gender, so and now for women. <laughs> I, like, I mean, okay. even though even though even though I don't wear links, yeah, but I, I do like the advertising. <laughs> oh, yeah, the irresistible stuff. The way where it's almost like sticking up for the for the ugly guy, you know, kind of like you know the not so good looking guy with the ripped with the ripped abs type thing. And I remember even, while you, even though it's meant to be quite sarcastic, I think I think I think yeah. I quite like what they're trying to. You reminded me of then the one of the best jokes when Brian Blessed hosted. Have I got news for you? Um, which is a panel show in England for those that aren't from England, and and uh, it was it's one of the best guest appearances I think anyone's done on that show. It was really funny, and he they were talking about a prison story about basically people smoke like they did a survey and found that a lot of prisons found ways of smuggling in luxury items, and so one of the jokes he did on the auto queue was, um, so some of the stuff that got stolen was um, cigarettes or like what got stolen like uh, what's the word like um, what got sneak sneaked in was cigarettes, uh, chocolate, and links, and Brian Messer goes, because that's what every prisoner needs, the chance to be irresistible. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, that's quite funny. You know what the best line out of that was when, I mean, for your your listeners who aren't familiar with the show and and who Brian Blessed is, basically when Paul Merton, the the regular panelist, I'm sure says at the end, Brian... Why do you like drunk? Because Brian was so off it on yeah, that Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I liked when he said, have you always been shy? Yeah. Because <laughs> the fact he never shut up. Yeah. It was great. Oh, I, I've seen that episode quite a few. I've been watching a lot of really, really old series. I'm not. I'm actually one series off that. I've watched from like... Because like, I, I never... You know what it is? Uh, while we're on the topic, I'm going to see you just quickly because I've always wanted to ask you this. Because like, I know you've seen quite a lot of them. Is... Um, do you prefer guest hosting or when Angus did it? If you had to, if you had to say, I think I quite like the guest. Yeah, ho- guest host. It's, it's funny, it's isn't it? Of, because if you told me, with... oh. go on. I'm familiar with that now. It's become routine. Yeah, I suppose with Angus, it did work for him as well. But I mean, look, if 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 you're gonna get if you're gonna get embroiled in a scandal. That's probably the worst job you can do because that's what it's all about, ripping people off. Yeah, that's like, such stuff, that's I mean? like if Ian Hislop, who's the other panellist, that's like if he, you know, when they did the whole MPs with expenses and it turns out yeah. Ian Hislop was embezzling money. It's the same, 
it's the same situation. I did think they were a little bit unfair towards them, but um, the problem they had was when the second round of stories came out, because people forget that. People think he got sacked after the first story came out about him. Yeah. Basically, the main presenter got caught... Um, with prostitutes, uh, he like he, he was he had a prostitute or something in the hotel. I didn't think it was that much of a scandal to be honest. Um, There's drugs as well. Oh yeah, he was having cocaine and stuff, wasn't he? But um, uh, but anyway, so they managed to get through that, and people forget that they did like the rest of that series. And then when the next series started, more stuff came out. And Paul Merton's point, I remember him talking about this on Parkinson, the legendary chat show in England, where he basically explained the situation that. The producer was coming up to them going, now he has all the jokes uh, Angus can do, and it was like this, like really small, and he has all the jokes he can't do, which is pretty much any other joke in the history of comedy, um, because of the fact, um, like, they said the final straw for the producers was um, uh, Christine Hamilton, uh, who's, is it Neil Hamilton? Uh, yeah, Neil Hamilton's wife, who's an MP, who was in, who had a couple of scandalous well, things. Both, yeah. Tory MPs, but now UKIP. Yes. And so she was on, and they were making the joke. The joke they were doing was saying that he was the disgraced former Tory MP any time his name was mentioned. Well, that's what I mean. It's like he couldn't exactly fire off piss-taking gags when he's been... Because yeah. all, all the well, guests need to do is just like, well, have you looked in the mirror? Well, that's exactly what she said. That's what I was getting to. Is that she basically, after a few times we've been doing it, and it did was getting last, but it was getting a bit annoying. Even I was when I remember watching that episode. And she goes, well, I remember if I'm disgraced, what are you? Is what she said. When, that's what when, she said. Um, yeah. no, I think she said, um, Angus made some remark about his her marriage. And I think it might have been that whole Louis Theroux thing. And because um, remember when when Louis Theroux spent, did a documentary on the Hamiltons and yeah. and she like flirting with him when when she was like pissed basically drunk. <laughs> and, um, no, I don't remember that actually, but that sounds funny. No, I think that was around. That came on around the same time. So Louis Theroux, Probably. because because they were embroiled in a scandal as well, the Hamiltons, but it, it, it proven to be false. Yeah. Um. So so Christine turned back to Angus and said, "At least I was faithful." Yeah, and she also the the, the line the line towards the end, which I think was the nail in the coffin, which she said, "If I'm disgraced, what are you?" Because you kept calling Neil, you kept calling Neil Hammond and disgraced former Tommy MP. So that he's disgraced, what are you? Which is a very good point because he didn't have a comeback because he looked in the camera and said, "I'm disgraced," and and like I could tell Paul's Paul's reaction. It cuts to Paul's reaction, and he, and he kind of looks at like we're in a really difficult spot here because his job in that situation, if a guest being like is annoyed at a joke, is he should counter it and say something else because it's just a game and it's just a bit of fun but the problem is is what she's saying is true so it um it's difficult for him to say anything you know take little jabs at people because they can jab back with something equally as true um so yeah i i understand but the reason i bring this up is because if we talk about other english panel shows like uh never mind the buscocks i've been watching old episodes of that with mark lamar who i think is brilliant and um, I I stopped watching that. Uh, I watched a little bit well, of Simon Amstel. The, the, the guest but... the, the guest host worked necessarily nah, for that. It's so dull now. It's so dull. And I was annoyed to find out that like it's a couple finished, of years ago. It? Sorry. It's finished, isn't it? It's not. It's... Has it? Did, did they finish doing it? I I hope so because it was, it was to me it was dying a well, slow yeah, death. I think I tweeted. I was watch. I was trying to watch one recent one. Yeah. I just said something like, look, just finish it. I did the same with Mock the Week. 
Yeah. Uh, albeit slightly different circumstances. I still think Dario Breen is, is brilliant and funny. Yes. If, if the, the panellists on that show aren't as funny as... Too, like the, yeah, well, they kept changing it, didn't they? Yeah. Um, I'm pleased because do you think it had the same... Um, it had the same situation as they think it's all over in that it just they tried to to deal with Nick Hancock leaving and then Lee Mack took over and then yeah. they kept changing the cat team captains and it just it stopped yeah. being funny it stopped being as well, good the mistake they made was right because I still think the show had some longevity yeah I do too was that if you analyze it okay Gary Lineker and Dave Guy I know Gary Lineker is almost a different person now he's become quite political he's big on Twitter and quite political and almost a different guy um, but he was always seen as like like a bit of a sad case, uh, as was David Gower. So mm-hmm. it's easy for them to be comedy material, if you see my meaning. Yeah, yeah. And when they changed the team captains to, I think it was it Ian Wright and was no, it was David Seaman and was it Phil the the cricketer? What's Phil Jupiter. Uh, Phil Jupiter. Uh, Phil Tuffnell. Sorry, yeah. Now, them two to me. Um, okay, David Seaman maybe, but see, Phil Tufnell is someone you would want as a guest rather than a, a captain. Yeah. He's naturally funny. It's he's funny, a, he's like, a comic. Um, it's he's funny you say that. He's in the Ian Botham mold of like, you know, a bit edgy, you know, he, he, he smoked wacky backy and, you know, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- would have been someone like Steve Davis, who, who was funny. <laughs> he, he, he was a replacement. Uh, um, I liked uh, him a lot. Yeah. Some shows when Gary or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen. I, I, um, I actually like someone's, uh, which I don't mind saying because BBC don't do this, so screw them. Is um, is uh, someone put some episodes on YouTube, and uh, I managed to watch a few, and uh, I actually typed in uh, Steve Davis specific episodes because a lot of the ones I remember are him being on, because um, yeah. he's. I love the fact that he just embraced the fact that he was classed as the people thought he was boring, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he and did this whole deadpan delivery, and um, yeah. it was brilliant. He was, re- I, was I really liked him. He'd have been a brilliant permanent captain, but I think they just did it. Apparently, well. from what I hear as well, I, I don't think he, I, as much as I love Ian Wright. Yeah, yeah. The same applies to him. He's he was just a little bit over the top for me. He kept trying to be like. He's a better guest. Yeah, but um. But he would be good on on a question of sport captain, don't you think? Well, I was you, you were literally reading my mind because I was going to say I used to love the thing that's all over when Ali McCoist did it. Um, one of the things I don't like about it is they don't ask any questions now and they make them do all these silly bloody challenges and crap that I'm just not interested in. Because being question of sport for those that don't know is a show that um has been on for something like forty years or something ridiculous. It's been on for a long time. And it basically just asks, it's sports trivia, and they get guests on, and they ask them sport-related questions, which um, I know is not for everybody, but I happen to be into a fair amount of sports, which, you know, considering I'm, I guess I'm a geek, is maybe a bit weird. But I am, I like basketball, I like football, um, I've been watching the playoffs recently for basketball, which is really exciting. Um, and, yeah, um, I, I liked the trivia because I'd occasionally get a question right, and it's just that's the reason you it's like a pub quiz, but you watch it on a program. Now there's all these things where they get the guest captains to basically play each other at tennis and sumo, res, sumo wrestling, and it just isn't entertaining. Um, and yeah, when they replaced Ali, because Ali went off to be a, a manager, because um, he used to play for Rangers, and then he got a job as an assistant and all that kind of thing. Um, to I thought, forgive me if I'm wrong, and correct me if I'm wrong, but 
Could he not get hooked up in a scandal himself? Like, a, like he did the entire time he was there. He was a notorious womanizer. But um, no, he left because um, I, as as you were saying that, I was trying to remember the guy's name. Well, it used to the re, the re, Walter Smith. Job, was it? Walter, no, Walter Smith. Um, he eventually did get the Rangers job, but he said that was the reason he left because the one club that the oh, one he, club that he, offered him was re, he was assistant to Walter Smith. Yeah. So Walter Smith took over, and it might have been actually Scotland first, but um, he basically said he would he would only ever do football if Rangers or Scotland said they needed him. And then Walter Smith got a job either at Scotland or Rangers. I can't remember which way around it is because they did end up going to Rangers, and then he got the job after Walter Smith left. Mm. Was um, he basically said that I want to do this because um, I'm, I, I think I've I think he actually said his joke when he left was I've been um, I've been you know, pissing around for too long. <laughs> I better go out and, like, get a real job instead of just sitting and answering trivia questions. So he went and, uh, you know, yeah, got, went and started his apprenticeship e stuff. For well, he's, a decent, he's a decent pundit as well. I yeah, remember he was on... on ITV, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah ITV, yeah. Yeah, I think he's okay. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. I think he's funny. Um, I, You could tell, like, you could tell... I, I, You say, right, I'm going to say this, right, and I have no proof of this, so I'm not saying anything, you know, scandalous, and I'm not saying this is true. But, um... I have a theory that maybe him, him, her, him and Sue maybe at some point, you know, were 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 sleeping together or something like that. The reason I say that is because if you watch his final episode, which I remember cool. really well, it, it? well, all I'm saying, I, I said I'm not saying it's true. I'm not saying it's true or it's mind untrue. You, mind you, I suppose yeah. In a lot of these situations, when you throw people, did together. you see? Well, well, you you question my what I'm about to say, but if you see Ali McCoy's last episode. When he says bye, and Matt Dawson, who'd been there for quite a while, was like, "Oh, I'd be sorry to see you go, mate." Sue Barker is uncontrollable in her how upset she is. She's literally in tears, yeah. and like, and she like gives him a big squeezy hug. And I'm like, part of me, I mean, part of it could be, I mean, they've been known each other for a long time and all that kind of thing. And they could tell they liked each other, but um, just in general. But I was just like, there's more to it than that. Like that, that reaction is someone who's like, do you know? Okay, then. Okay, <laughs> I bet I, I employ you if there's a way you, you can find bar, it to watch to, to see it, but I doubt it. Now, right? Uh, Sorry, you might think this is a, you raise the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I have no proof of this. I'm just gonna, like there was no, I'm, I don't know if she, I don't know if she ever was with Cliff Richard. I don't know that either. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. Please don't think I've gone off to weird tangent. But um, was it what was that kids program on Saturday TV? Was it going live? Uh, that sounds um, about right. What's the name? Um, Are you on about the Ant and Deck thing? No, no, that, that oh. was SMTV, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that was one. The I one on BBC. Now. It was called. Um, I don't know. It was one live, and it was mm. Andy Peters and. Oh Emma, yeah. What was the name? It was Emma Newman or something? No. Uh, I remember Andy Peters, but I, yeah, I, I struggle to remember these programs. I wasn't really that much in the kids. Stuff so they, so they, they hosted for a number of years. Yeah, yeah. And on his last show, <laughs> she was like <laughs> crying bucket loads. What? It's crying bucket loads. Like uh, I thought you said. I really thought you said something else there. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly thought like this little pause in the Skype thing there, and I thought you said he was fucking loads. <laughs> Okay. I was like, all right. like I just love this idea. He just goes, ah, oh, screw this. I mean, fucking everybody. <laughs> That's a, that would be great. I wish some people would do that just on TV. Like, did you did you ever see? Speaking of like people saying some scandalous things on TV, and everyone debates whether this was real. 
Did you ever see there was a? It's it's like a. It's sort of classed as a blooper, but it's not really. Um, there's a guy on Australian TV on an early morning show doing an interview, and he's like, he, I don't know what he was on for, but he wasn't like a celebrity, as far as I know. Um, and he was basically like, he, he he gets asked like an opening question, and it's on YouTube, but it's often on the YouTube of like the most embarrassing things on TV, or like the most like outrageous things on TV, because he goes. Oh, you know, like speaking of relation, because they did some sort of segue to relationships, and he goes, "Oh, well, you know, my my girlfriend, I don't know what her name is. Let's say it was like Sandra or something." He goes, "Oh, my girlfriend Sandra will be watching. She's a big fan of the show, so I want to take the opportunity to say, get the fuck out of my life right now." And he like stares in the camera, and he's just like, "I I I I don't want to be with you anymore. I, I don't know how else to say this, so I'm going to say this live on TV. Just like leave, and I don't want to." <laughs> And the presenters are like, it cuts to the presenters who are like, what, 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 what's going on? Like, what, what? And he goes like, and he, and he goes, he goes, he being serious. He's like, have you tried telling her? And he's like, yeah, I've tried everything. She just doesn't get the hint. I don't want to be with her anymore. Please leave. And um, it's like really awkward. It's like sort of, it's like this sort of tangent of this guy sure essentially breaking up with his. Sorry, what? Are you sure you don't mean um, David Van Dyke on the right stuff? No, oh, I remember. Da- I remember that where he. He, he well, said he did it as a joke, didn't he? the same thing. Yeah, didn't he do it as a joke, though? No, no, I think it was serious. He just stared down the camera and, and was telling... Well, him. it's exactly the same. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny. when I completely forgot that, but I have seen that. Yeah, where right. he kind of, where Stephen Wright kind of is like really confused. He, he holds his pen in his hand and points down the camera and... He goes, I'm talking to you. Yeah. But basically saying... Yeah, it is exactly the same, yeah. it, it yeah. So, oh, well, there you go. It's the same one, but, like, with not a celebrity, essentially, but... um. But uh, it's it's weird, and like some people think he just did it as it was like a publicity stunt, and he didn't really mean it. But yeah. but um, but yeah, it's, I don't know the, the the idea that you have to go on national TV to get the hint to your girlfriend that like this isn't working out. Um, you know, this is going to have that conversation. It's just like how can I let her know? You know, you could send her a letter, leave her a letter. No, I'm going to tell her on national TV and get her to watch. Mm-hmm. Like make out like because that's really it. That's a really giant fuck you, really, to be honest. That, that you know, there's no other way of explaining that, like describing that. That's really what they're doing, is that they're sort of letting you know under certain circumstances. Um, so even even if it's a joke, I mean, if it was if it, it'd be worse if it was a joke, I'd be like, that's really not funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there you go. It's like it's a bit like uh, speaking of other. I'm, I don't know why I'm on this topic, but speak, speaking of pranks, did you ever have you ever seen the guy who and this? I, I wouldn't be surprised if his girlfriend dumped him after this. But as a guy, like, like in the middle of the night, it is funny. It's making me giggle as I see it. He builds. <laughs> Sorry, okay, it is a good prank then, because I'm starting to giggle. He, because um, I've just, you think about all the work involved for this one plank and how awful this boyfriend is, and you think it was funny, but it is funny. But it's like, I, I just feel bad for his girlfriend. He builds a giant, like, poltergeist-looking girl, like a fifty, like this fifteen-foot thing. And he attaches it to the wall and faces the bed, like so. It's like literally like that far, like like right in front of her face. And he like puts a spotlight behind it so it looks like it's glowing. And like so, set this sets this up like it took, takes him like hours. And he sets it up in the middle of the night. And then he basically prods her awake. So the first thing she sees is this poltergeist like flying in the air and like looking at her. So basically just to see her reaction when she wakes up and absolutely shits herself. And he film and he films it. 
Um, and it's it's ridiculous um, because she screams and then he goes and hugs her. And the thing that the thing that most offends me about the video is that instead of punching him in the face, she hugs him and like gets consolement off him. And I'm going, he's put you through that. <laughs> he's the one who's done this prank. Like, why are you why are you like getting sympathy? Like, um, yeah, that's an example of where prank's a little bit ridiculous. But like, I mean, what's your view on like practical on like practical jokes? Because I'm I'm not that much I, I think it's like I, pr- I don't like people who do them but like what's you your online not just in general like you know if someone does like a practical joke on somebody the kind of stuff that ends up on like rude tube that yeah program. that kind of stuff yeah nah not really I mean I it's, don't like them at all like, it's sort of yeah. like a, a new generation of you've been framed but kind yeah. of you know not not bit sort of it's really hard to find the original content for that yeah they all just do the same stuff yeah yeah Yeah. it's all like sort of lame jackass stuff but not the dangerous stuff because like i saw one he's speaking of that like have you seen this whole youtube thing where it's basically people go around pranking people by there's one that i heard about where i don't even know the context of it but apparently people go up to strangers and uh sort of ask them to like uh, like suck them off or something ridiculous like it's really like just to get w- random women to go up to people and go and start talking to them and it, the idea is to make it all embarrassing like a prank mm-hmm. and just to see if someone will say yes or something i'm not I, but as i'm describing it i'm like i don't see where the entertainment is <laughs> like I don't, I don't get it at all the, um, do you know the do you know the comedian doug stanhope um uh if we could can you tell me what he's done because i'm terrible with names well he's stand up but he's um He's been featured a lot on Charlie Brooker's uh, Newswipe. Yeah, okay, I've seen some of that, so I might be aware. No, he used to be. He used to be. Okay, you know, you had these programs like you know Beatles about and so forth, and (laughs) all that stuff was kind of very eighties, right? But that was essentially a precursor to YouTube. Do you think? But yeah, uh, but my favorite one, as as we're talking about this genre. Yeah, yeah. It was it was Fox's nastiest pranks. (laughs) <laughs> really. it was on like i think late 90s early 2000s wow. and as doug in was... the fox channel as in the fox yeah. company and okay. and um doug was part of that team <laughs> now the that's stuff all you need to know did... if it was on fox <laughs> the stuff they did was was i would say was funny <laughs> and, and quite original okay um just could i think of one did you ever see? Did you speak, speaking of this? Because I've only just remembered that they ever did this. Because you remember like shows that people do, and you never remember until you see a clip of them. Do you remember when the BBC had? I'm, I'm assuming it's not around anymore, but it was a few years ago when they made they did an old people prank show. Yeah, it, the what was it called? Isn't, the, isn't it the one ITV are doing now? Maybe it, it, didn't it start um, on BBC? It's called Off Their Rockers. No, it's it's ITV. It's called Off Their Rockers. It's it's basically getting. Um, I'll type it in and see if it is what I'm thinking about. Off their rockers, yeah. Has it been around a while? Um, couple of years. All right. Yeah, yeah. It's been around since 2014. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. So um, yeah, I've seen some of that then. Um, I didn't it's realize this, okay. but apparently it's okay because yeah. the the older generation are the least you'd expect to pull off that kind of thing, and yeah, let's see the. <laughs> It's more about the rea- reaction on the people's faces, like, you know. Often <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. I'm laughing, right, because it says related shows. Because apparently, I didn't know this, but it's um, it's a rip-off of a show that Betty White did, the legendary Betty White from Golden Girls. Um, she did a show in America with the idea of doing pranks on unsuspecting members of the public. Um, but I've just read, 
related shows, and apparently in Belgium they do uh, their version, which is called Benidorm Bastards. (laughs) (laughs) I swear this is true. I mean, it's on Wikipedia because it could could be complete. There's a Belgian show called Benidorm Bastards. Yeah, do you want me to click on it? I'm intrigued now. Shall I see what it is? God, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Title, that deserves, that's uh... so funny. Yeah, it's, okay, I'll tell you what it says. Um, <laughs> Benidorm Mustards is a, <laughs> it's, it's already funny, yeah. is a Belgian hidden camera comedy program on the Flemish TV channel 2B. Uh, all characters are amateur actors and senior citizens. The program has, the program has a, uh, the program, damn dyslexia, the program has a similar concept to Trigger Happy TV, oh, which, up Dom Jolly. Um, of which the Belgian version was broadcast on the same channel. Ah, so it's like their own version. Um, it's been oh, it's been around since uh, two thousand and nine. Huh. Didn't huh. Trigger come come back recently? Um, as far as I know, yeah. yeah. Um, I did see one clip of it, and I don't know if it came back. What do you think of Trigger? I mean, I I thought <sighs> you know what it is. Um. <laughs> Some of the stuff he did that was ridiculously... There was some good stuff, but... Yeah. I, I didn't like that big mobile <laughs> one. That annoyed me, that. I don't know why. You know what it is? I've, I've been very giddy today, and this is clearly continuing. Right, so I'll tell you one Trigger Happy TV, which I'm I'm hoping you'll remember. <laughs> the One of the jokes he did, which is so, so silly, but brilliant... Is it was a really short clip. It was like for those that don't know what Trigger Happy TV is, it it was on Channel Four in the nineties ish. They took uh, America. They did a series of two in America. All right, well. okay. There you go. I, I remember seeing bits of it, and it was famous because he would have a big telephone and he would shout hello um, in all these random places. Like I remember one, he was on a canal boat uh, <laughs> and a ferry and all this kind of thing, uh, and he would basically say hello, yeah, I'm on a boat or something. So, um, but the one I remember, which tells you how much how funny I was, and it, and people who listen to this will know it's up my street in terms of silliness. He he dresses up as a snail, and he goes to and he yeah, and he goes on a zebra crossing, and then he lies down and pretends to be a snail going across the zebra crossing, and I just thought it was the funniest thing because I just think God, imagine imagine if you're the car in the car and seeing that, just brilliant. I mean that's that's great. See that's the kind of prank you know I said earlier that I don't like practical jokes. If if there's ever a practical joke I like. Is a joke that's is a practical joke that's harmless because that doesn't hurt anybody. That's just silly. Um, silliness, I really. Well, like. I mean, I can't remember. Um, I can't remember specific ones I found hilarious, but uh-huh. I always found the ending quite interesting because he'd always, he'd always, um, <laughs> he'd always have leave his celebrity guest like at the end. And uh, do you remember he used to play a, like a TV reporter yeah. and ask questions? And he would always leave the the celebrity in perplex as to what's just happened there. <laughs> and there'd be different things like um, one where where a, a van would just pull up and kidnap them, <laughs> drive off, and then the, the celeb whoever it was just looks in the comments and says, "Was that is that that is that just real?" What? I love I like stuff like favorite that. Favorite one was um, I can't remember the guy's name. It was that guy who food a drink. He was he, I think he's a wine expert or someone. Okay. And he was interviewing him on, like, I think it was London Bridge of all places. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? This van pulls up behind him and says, okay, oh, guess what, mate? Yeah, we, we've got, we've, we've got the, uh, we've got the tickets for the cricket after all. Yes, but <laughs> now. 
He said, oh, yeah, right, oh, brilliant, yeah, we'll go and see the cricket. And they all just hopped in the van and drove off. <laughs> As if to suggest watching cricket is better talk, better, better than talking to the <laughs> Oh, man. See, you know what it is? I was just thinking as we're talking about this, as British, I think we have to have a collective responsibility because as we're just describing, we probably generated this form of uh, entertainment. No, was... I'm not sure. I mean, it wasn't Candid Camera, the, the, the earliest one, and that was an American show. Oh, okay. Wasn't yeah, that I around? I think that was around in the, like the fifties, like the early. All right, like... all right, yeah. Well, yeah, I've, I'm sh- I'm assuming it's been done before, but I'm saying in terms of its resurgence, because if you think like, yeah. you know, because I'm I was just thinking as we're saying that probably Sasha Baron Cohen has probably got a lot of to thank you for shows like these, because there was a bunch of them out at the same time, and he's probably like now the most well known out of all of them, but there was a bunch of them out at the same time, um, because Trigger Happy, I remember there was Trigger Happy TV. I don't know, like, roughly the same time, but I'm saying they all, like, sort of either, you know, after each other all at the same time. There's, like, Trigger Happy TV, Bo Selector, um, uh, uh, Ali G's show, Ali G in the House show, whatever do you it's mean, called. Do you mean specifically, like, like, um, like Frank... On, on, on suspecting public. Yeah, like, yeah, like... Uh, well, there's a few, I mean... Embarrassing uh, interviewee things. Mrs. Dennis, Merton. Dennis Penis. Yeah. It was my favourite. There was loads. There was loads of people doing fake interviews, essentially, and like. Um, but do you I know what? Sorry, go on. You know, if you were to ask me if Push came to shove, what's my favourite? Hmm. And, and and this this puts it in a different kind of level because, for me, it's it, it proves that you don't have to have visuals. Yeah. Uh, my favourite, has to be Phone Jacker. <laughs> oh, I know what that is because I I only know what that is. Because I watched an episode of Big Fat Quiz of the Year, and it was one of the questions. Now yeah. I, I've got the joke they did on that is what made me giggle. But but explain to me why you liked it then? Because I don't, I've never because it, because it showed that I mean this guy, the guy behind it. I mean, he, he, I think <laughs> the thing is, okay for you for your listeners that don't know, he's basically a guy who um, who could do multiple voices of, of impressions of all kinds, you know, yeah. different accents, and he'd put on a balaclava so people wouldn't. Um, know his identity but the fact of the matter is but as Michael was... McIntyre said on Big Fat Quiz of the Year this is my I'll, I'll, I've seen this now because you mentioned the Balakava why does he need to be in disguise if he makes prank phone calls like that's a really good point but it is being filmed but I like that I did think that was a funny concept you know well, yeah, you do well, a I, fake I think... phone call and you d- disguise yourself <laughs> while you're phoning somebody I think it was just the... it was just for the program but it was a good point though the, the, the anonymity of it kind of made it more mysterious and yeah, exciting yeah yeah but it's but just didn't he talk like didn't he talk like Mr. Jimmy like he was the, yeah, he talked he, like that didn't he he, he had this brilliant selection of characters and it showed that you didn't have to have visuals and it was all about you could almost hear the disgust and the dismay of, of the, the caller at the other end what they must be thinking what the hell's going on here and on the on when phone jacker became um, mainstream, they must have hired this animation team to um, put some. You know, like we I think we discussed this like on on a previous podcast, mm-hmm. like the the Ricky Gervais show, how they made animation around. Um, Brilliant, yeah. Uh, the, the 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 podcast. Yeah, like did. their imaginations, yeah. So mm-hmm. they did a similar thing with with phone jacker. They put some animation around this com this conversation that was going on. It didn't need them because I could I could quite happily listen to it as an MP3 or or you know or in my headphones and still which I, did, which I did yeah so 
but but to there, that's my favorite to me because it just took it to a different level. And... So brilliant! Like the, he, the one... he then, he, however, he did then made it visual because he became from phone jacker the face jacker. Oh, okay. So he was using prosthetics and and, and doing it. I see. The... I, that was out, out of all of them sort of shows, and I say I wasn't like an avid, I wasn't an avid watcher of any of them really. But um, yeah, that's that was probably the one out of all of them that I both selected was another one I, I used. I, I never really liked. Avid Merriam. We were obviously went on to be Keith Lemon, which um Shit, Keith Lemon Sorry, Which is on now. Sorry, what was that? Don't like him. Yeah, I, I I I don't like What's you know what it is? No disrespect funny. to whoever the guy is who makes them. I don't know the guy's name but um because uh, that's the idea. Um I I just don't like anything he's ever made. Like I, yeah. He's Well but... was funny up till the third third series, I think after that it got more ridiculous. Mm-hmm. What was the name of, and I'm sure you've mentioned this to me before, which shows you how crap my memory is. What was the name of the red-haired guy who used to do the red carpet stuff? That's D- Dennis Pennis? Oh, is that what you mentioned earlier? Yeah, okay, sorry. Paul, sorry. Paul somebody. Is yeah, name. But he, uh, yeah, uh, yeah he, he was like the, yeah, you're right, he was like the, the first guy. Um, yeah, he he first appeared on, there was a show on Channel 4 called The Sunday Show, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. used to come on around noon, and... Um, Dennis Pennis was like that segment where, um, yeah, he would just turn up in the red carpet. I mean, he's a London, he's a Londoner, but he puts on a great sort of New York accent. <laughs> I'm pretty certain I saw one years ago where he said like he just basically asked them like when was the last time they had a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Something used to say like the most ridiculous stuff. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was just like I love the random questions he used to do. Like um, I, I saw an, uh, you know to segue back to when we talked about they think it's all over. Um, I saw an old episode of that where he was one of the guests. One of the yeah. few things I've ever seen him on outside of. Um... He's a big. He's a big Arsenal fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what's... yeah, no, he was really good for. Uh, uh, but again, I think the problem with these shows is that they get up, they get old quite quickly. Because they're very much a novelty show type shows, and then once they well, yeah, to do them, Paul like... K, that's his name, Paul K. I remember now. Yeah, but... that's right. Yeah. Well, I remember reading an interview. I mean, and that's it's something he's always asked: is aren't you? Have you not ever thought about bringing Dennis Pennis back? Because it was so huge, it was like a cult. Um, I've got his, I've got all his videos because I was such a big fan at the time, and he just yeah, said, yeah. "Well, you see, Ali G, Ali G's took it to a new level now. I don't think it'd be right for me to bring it back." It's yeah, sort of like, yeah. So. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, uh, uh, yeah. He, he killed off Dennis Pennis in his um, in his video because he plays another guy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Strutter, Mike Strutter, is it Paul Mike Strutter? Yeah, he like this, okay. like a like an Italian Italian mafia. Ita- was he a Cockney Italian, like Italian Cockney type sort of? Um, mm-hmm. but he always like. He always looks like the, the he's got the moniker of like a good fella kind of mm-hmm. like he could very well fit in that film. Um, so he play, he plays him. Yeah. In fact, Rudder got his own MTV series as well, which was funny, by the way. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, I think Strutter ended up killing Dennis Pennison in his video. So like, so he... <laughs> cool. A bit like Victor Meldrew to kill the character off, so he didn't have to come back again, type thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Um. Um, what I, what I thought I would do because we've been going on for about an hour is I think we'll say like let's officially say this is the end of part one and then we'll do another we'll do another hosted episode and then I can uh, we'll we'll put them in separate episodes. But what I wanted to ask you to, is that alright with you? Yeah. Um. So if we just um. So if we, one of the things I wanted to ask you because then I think we'll dedicate the next episode to talk about mentally sound because we've 
touched on it, but we haven't really talked about um, it being back, um, is like what happened and why it was back. And everything. I did mention this in the previous podcast, but it was, it's obviously better to hear, hear it with you being here. Um, so um, before I forget to ask you and relate, sort of because of the fact like recently here in uh, the northeast where, where, where me and Ricky are based, it's been like really hot. Um, and one of the things I never really got, I keep, keep, you refer to like in mentally sound sometimes and whenever I text you privately, it's some of the times you say like, but I was intrigued to ask you like, so what, why does hot weather sort of like affect your like mental health? Like what is it? What, what about it is like discomforting for you? I wanted to know that because I like, I, I understand, I think I understand it, but not to the extent. Do you ask in a way because you've kind of experienced? I know that you've. I think you said in a previous text a few days ago that the weather you were the weather affected you. Was it? Well, like it's just I, I'm I, I'm just kind of. That's why I'm asking because I don't think it's to the scale of how I know it affects you. Because whenever it is hot, um, mm-hmm. I know that it's different. I, I keep thinking, oh, I hope Ricky's all right because um, my problem is just I'm not an outdoorsy person. So when it's hot, I my my mental health attacks me in the sense of it makes me think I should be out doing things like normal people do when I don't really want to be anywhere else. But that's so that's what, how it, it affects me is because I'm not comfortable being indoors when it's hot because it, it it implies you should be out on a beach somewhere, which I don't really want to do. So I'm I'm weird in that sense. I have unnecessary. Um, well, I'm the same. Yeah. I mean, it, it didn't affect me until a few years ago. Um, mm-hmm. In and around the time when I had my break, I just felt I felt more vulnerable to certain to different things. I mean, I guess I guess it's that old adage of like, you know, it's a, it's a cliche, isn't it? Now where you know you, you, the things before you took for granted, where you could do easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so most things, a lot of the simple stuff in life, you can become really anxious about. Yeah. But the thing with hot weather, I don't know what it is. It, it, it's sort of it it has the ability to penetrate you physically to like literally get under your skin. Mm-hmm. And one of the things where you, where you you are when I do become anxious, you know, whether it be uh, anxiety or panic attack, is that whole thing of you know convulsions and 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 yeah. you know palpitations and that sort of thing. And and I think heat has 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 become an ability has become a. a What's what's trigger? a good? I don't know. Yeah, trigger where where it it, it can sort of let that happen. Yeah. Um, weirdly <laughs> enough, it, because if you if we if if I was to go out outside now and go on a sprint, right, uh-huh. for a hundred meter sprint. Yeah. And by the end of it, I'm going to be puffing and puffing. You know, my body temperature is risen. Yeah. It, it's almost as if I am having an attack, but it's not an attack because what it is, it's it's adrenaline, isn't it? Yeah. And and this is what's happening. This is what he does. Where I don't need to go on a sprint. It's almost as if um, I've gone from A to B, where I've just finished the sprint. So I'm having the I'm having the physicality feelings of of just having that sprint. Yeah. But without doing the sprint in a way. Do you want to say? Yeah, 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 yeah. So so. Um, that's that, that's a really good description the, of how mental health can be exhausting. Much. The mm. same symptoms which match anxiety, which match you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, panic and anxiety attack and and like it's... what are you like? What are you like in an opposite fashion? Like if it's raining, what what's your feeling then? 
Oh, I love it. Yeah, see, I'm the same. Okay, so uh-huh. maybe I have it just a similar, but not not to the extent because I absolutely adore when it rains because I oh. love being indoors. Yeah. Like, because my my reaction is, oh, I've got no reason to go anywhere. Like, <laughs> which I is so you, bizarre. I remember but... you saying to me, which I agree with, but you know, it's like when you have a, a condition which prevents you from going out, and you know that others are are, are out and they're you know having a good time. There's almost a, it's it's almost like. Well, if it rains, mm-hmm. it means that everyone's not having a good time, so I'm on, a, I'm on the same level. Yeah, even though um, I would put an asterisk to that, is there's no proof that anyone is having a good time. It's just you assume that's the case. Yeah. Um, that's the problem with mental health, is it's all based on assumptions that are negative. But um, but yeah, that, that is But you know what's sometimes it. confirmation of that? Social media. Yeah, exactly. Get... One of the reasons I'm not on Facebook. If, yeah, um, yeah. If I at least it, with Twitter, Twitter's more like people just going, I'm doing this, it's fun, and like, an Instagram, yeah. like, you see pictures, and I'm like, I, I, with certain people, you're like, kind of, are happy for them, but, yeah, you always feel left out when it's like, when Facebook, and there's all these people, like, sharing things, of sharing night, and pictures, and all this kind of thing, and I'm just like, and again, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, because, as I just described, that I don't want to be in them positions, I don't want to be in a, on a beach somewhere, like, I, I would like... I would like to maybe be in a beer garden somewhere drinking with people I know, but the thing is, is the people I really like who I spend my time with are not that inclined. Like, so I'd just as be okay with being in a building talking to people. Like, I have just that. I don't mind being sociable, but I'd, I'd love, sorry, I should say, I should say that's not really true. As in, I, I love being sociable and, and talking to people is what keeps, is keeps my happiness in check. But um, being around, it's being in a public setting, it's being around people that I don't know. That's why I like playing like board games in my own house or at a friend's house because it's like private but social. Um, that's my ideal setting. Like, so if I had like, that's why I always think about when parties. Maybe it's because I'm get, you know, I'm reaching thirty. Is I now have a, this sort of attitude of now. It's funny. Actually, there's a better way of explaining this. As I was walking Lister back from his walk earlier about a couple hours ago. Um, I saw a taxi pull up to a, t- uh, a house in my street and a bunch of people got out and it was like a six seat and a bunch of people got out clearly going to some party or going to town, going to to the bars and clubs. And I my reaction now, and it's because I'm getting older, um, is that I just go, good for them. And I'm not remotely... I don't remotely care that I'm not doing that anymore. Like, which is, I'm really happy that I'm at that point because, as I think, as I say, with approaching thirty, I think when you're in your mid twenties, you start getting just, this guilt about put, it. Can I just throw something in yeah, there? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. If if Lister wasn't with you, right? Yeah. Um, would you have reacted the same way? Probably, because as I, I, the reason I the reason I say probably is because. Um, this has been ha- this was ha- one of the reasons I ended up getting. It's a good question, but it reinforces what you're saying is that um, before I got Lister, I was feeling that already. Like I was like, yeah. I like being at home. Yeah. Um, I think because since I've got my own place and I'm comfortable, um, yeah. I was just like, I like being at home, but I don't like the a lot. I-, I like being alone. I like having days where I'm to myself. But I like being sociable, but I have enough going on in my social life, like I obviously meet you every now and again, and I have games at my house, and I see my mom sometimes, and see my sister when she visits, and 
Um, you know, and I go out with my I go out with my school friend. Like I still got friends from school which I see. Go like we went to see one of the pictures the other the other day. Oh, we'll get on. To, I'll talk about. Uh, you should ask me about that. Um, on on part two because I went to see Fast and the Furious eight reluctantly <laughs> so i have a lot to say about that um because this leads me about cinema and i think there's a I, I i felt ill after watching it and not just because it had a poor plot but just i mean i'll tell you the reason i asked you about if you would react the same yeah way yeah okay i had different plans today um all right i was actually just gonna take it easy well, i'm awfully and sorry to... <laughs> okay <laughs> This is where Ricky announces down. he's no longer going to be involved in this podcast. <laughs> oh, no, I don't mean like different. Not, not plans in different. Don't go, Ricky. Don't go. <laughs> I, was, I was actually going to just take it easy and go into town and go into like a coffee shop and like, yeah, go, like um, right. just catch up work stuff. Uh-huh. But then I got a call, I got a call from my brother saying, "Oh, we're just taking Chris, who's my nephew, mm-hmm. who I adore." Yeah. Um, to now I. Practically, because I've got a lot of like stuff to do online that I need to like sift through and get done. Yeah. But because it was to see my nephew, right? Um, I just went fine because Prioritize I that, yeah. I've got anything to see him because he puts me in a happy place and he's yeah, yeah. like and adorable. Now, if I now if I'm out with Chris, okay, and knowing that other people are going out having a good time, like that scene that you just 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 uh, described there, you know, those people going to a party. Yeah, yeah. I would have been the same, like, good for them, because, look, they're going out and doing their thing. Yeah, and they're doing what they want. I want to do what right I want. With my, with my gorgeous little nephew, who I, I, I adore, and, and I'm in a good place as well. Uh-huh. So it's like, you know, it's like um, um, a mutual kind of um, appreciation of, like, happiness. Yeah, yeah, whereas, but it's a, it's an interesting but situation. If I, was, cause... if I wasn't with my, with my nephew... You about, might have had a different reaction. Yeah. Maybe so. Um, and, and I'm not saying on a different day I might resent them in whatever way, but it, but usually, if you're self-aware enough, yeah. um, you'll be usually that that's a usually that's a byproduct. Uh, you might hear, by the way, my dog snoring at this point, but I don't think you can hear it. But, um, look, because I got a microphone near my mouth, but um, it's adorable. Um, is uh, I just noticed that I was just suddenly like, what's that? That noise like a door creaking, and I'm like, it's can you not can you not put a little bit of snoring at the end just to. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the that's the audience right now. <laughs> but um, but no, like uh, you're right though. Like I can't I can't say that there would be a different day where I wouldn't feel the opposite to what I just described, and um, that I might resent them in some way. But if you're self aware enough, like I am, I always second guess what I think. Is that would if I did feel that way, it would be more byproduct of something more bigger in my life that I'm not happy with. And so, in that sense, um, in that sense, uh, uh, I would be. Um, it might be that I am unhappy at being single, or you know what I mean. Like that—that's a bigger issue for me. And so, it might just be that I'm not happy that I'm not progressing in that field, or whatever it is. Or, or I, I'm just feeling like you know, I, I keep because I have that feeling quite regularly, where I kind of go, I wish I had someone to rely on more regularly. Um, uh, because obviously friends is nice, but you can't like lean on them too much and mm-hmm. um, all that kind of stuff. But um, but that's not that's that's just part of life. I'm not saying that I'm special in that regard. There's loads of people in that situation who might feel that way. So I'm saying if I do feel that way about not wanting to be somewhere, that's probably more about that I'm just like 
mm-hmm. aware that I'm going back to a place on my own and it would be nice to have to be bothered by something else because the thing is um, I want to say this because I bet there'll be some people who I'm sorry if this upsets people by saying this but some people might think I'm going to say the opposite a dog is not the same as having a child um, some pe- I know some people who say that who go oh, like to go my dog or my children Lister's Lister's sometimes difficult and he has situations where he's not well like humans do but it's not the same as having a child you, you Ricky talked about his nephew like I, I saw I saw my nephew growing up and he was a pain in certain situations and kids are and they don't like dogs you feed them and they go to sleep and they don't like sort of like you know bother you like endlessly when they sleep they 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 eat they poo they walk they weigh and they they go to sleep and they occasionally give you cuddles like that's great but they're not coming to you going can i have 10 pound uh and i need to go to school i need clothes and and i and i'm and i'm gonna be they're, they're much more rational than kids are so um um it's not the same um so my point is it is a responsibility having a pet and it's particularly an active pet Obviously, having a goldfish is not the same, but is uh, so yeah. So I, I I'm aware of the responsibility, and you have to you know be mindful of 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 a lot of things. Um, but it's not affected my life. It's affected my life in a really really. This is why I think it's been a great decision to answer your question. Is like because you asked this at the beginning of the podcast. It's a nice it's a nice segue back to the beginning. Um, because yeah, it's been an an unbelievably positive thing because. Uh, he's been other all the stuff that's happened that's been negative has been not his fault mm-hmm. it's been all the surgery stuff and everything else um everything else has added to my ease of not having any not having as many mental mental health issues i still get the same and if it to me it reinforces that i do have a mental health issue because i still get the same mood swings that i always do the difference well, one, is one reason why quite that. No, I was just going to say the difference is that um, I have a responsibility outside of myself to do something about it. Now, I wanted to talk about that in a wider context, but let's just we can talk about this in part two because this is linked to mental health, which we can talk about mentally sound. But um, it's a different responsibility than having self responsibility because that's difficult. That's difficult, as I'm sure Ricky knows. That's difficult for a mental health person to have. You know, self motivation and self worth. Whereas, if you have a dog that looks up at you with a big, you know, you, with these little tiny cute eyes who basically looking up to you, going, "You're my own. You need to look after me." It yeah. it helps you in the process of getting out of bed. Um, and by process of elimination, by me going, getting out of bed, making them walk, mm-hmm. uh, going out with a walk with them early in the morning, and then feeding them, it gets me up at a reasonable time. And I, by, by default, go, well, I'm up, I might as well make something. Um, and it's been wonderful in that sense. Like that and the attention, because dogs are very loving, and the particular dog I have is really affectionate. So, um, Unconditional, isn't it? Yeah, it's just comforting to go, whenever I feel stressed, I can't tell you, it's the same as getting a hug off a friend or something. Is It's the same feeling, like, um, of someone you really care about is you just go i go like when it, when he's wanting to get a, a cuddle or like we we nap sometimes on the couch mm-hmm. and just him lie next to me and he just basically just like it's really really peaceful and you have another thing that's alive like next to you and it's like it's a it's really a great it, it makes you feel like you have a worth so that mm-hmm. i'm not waking up now with the incentive of like like if i'm gonna go for to get some work and get some money i'm like going i need money to not only get my food but lifters food as well and it's a nice extra incentive um 
so yeah, it's it's so that's that's a really nice wrap up to what I was talking about. But yeah, remind me to talk about that responsibility well, thing. Can, I was thinking quickly, about this today. Can I just quickly say yeah, the, re- the reason why I brought up that that question? Yes, because my my probably first and only experience of you know let's say let's call it pet therapy for now. You know, until yes. we think of one where it might might be apt. But when I had my breakdown, yes. Uh, now, bearing in mind, like I said before, I was a dog person before. Mm-hmm. Um, my, despite my only dog experiences were, you know, like walking dogs. <laughs> Sorry, the way my brain worked there, it sounded like you were setting it up to go, and then I killed him. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm now not a dog. I'm oh, now oh, not a dog lover at all. Sorry. I says, how do you know I wasn't going to go there? <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> what a reveal! This, what an end to the podcast. And he is now a murderer of dogs. Anyway. I'd just so, like to say if anyone's like, for some reason, listened to just that part of the podcast, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't revealed that. <laughs> Go on, sorry. So, um, yeah, and then it was strange because, like, okay, and, and I never got on with cats, okay? Cats were always, like, a prob- problematic, you know, yeah. be it neighbours' cats leaving dead birds and that, they all got to clear this. Yeah, that's the, num- that's the really bad part about cats is they yeah. bring in stuff. But and then my, my neighbour's cat, right? A few years ago, a little tuxedo cat, and she was very timid. And every every time I used to see it, I was trying, you know, approach it and, and and call it over, but just looked at me and just ran off. And I was like, you know, sodier then. And but when I when I had my breakdown, right? And the only the rare few times I'd ever go outside would be to sit in the backyard. Now, now this particular cat would would. All of a sudden, start paying me attention, all almost as if to to know that there was something wrong, and mm-hmm. it would approach me and and almost like a sixth that's like a sixth sense or something. And yeah, yeah, and, a, uh, quite a lot of animals do that. Yeah, yeah, and then all the time I'd walk out and she would come and sit next to us and just keep us company for for a good while. Uh, and I and I never got to know what her name was. Um, but I I called her Tuxie because she was a tuxedo cat, so it was just my little nickname for her. And oh, I, I was that's like, nice. for the um, best best part of a year, yeah. Um, she 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 kept me company morning and night. She used to, even when I used to one of the weird things I used to do during that sort of gloomy time was I would go outside at like you know like past midnight just to walk up and down the yard for fresh air. Yeah, yeah. And lo and behold, she was there. Oh. I would just see this black mass in the corner, just like yeah. what's that? And it was Tuxie, and she'd come and, you know. And I was well, that's just... that's one of the things why, I like, but uh, taking I take Lister out before he goes to bed, and I get to like last night. It was really like therapeutic because we were just walking along, and he's obviously less like more tired than he is on his normal walks and i just like look up at the stars and it's like quite uh and i don't have any music on me like i mean it's i have to listen to my podcast in another form now because anytime i walk him i don't take my phone with me most of the time so i don't listen to like podcasts anymore when i'm walking anywhere because i've got to take lister with me half the time Mm -hmm. um so it's good because i'm like more aware of what's going on and i can like sort of observe the world and all this kind of thing and actually this is a really nice thing to end on and then we'll, we'll do a part two is um, a funny quick story um speaking because this is a, about being aware of your surroundings is like i told that dog story another thing that happened across the road that made me giggle uh when i noticed it was uh, on the way back from a walk a few days ago um lister 
and I would, were walking along and we heard um, like a shouting noise. It was like a, something going like, yeah, I'll try and like do an accurate uh, uh, like depiction, but it be, basically something was going like, 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 and I'm like, what the hell is that? It sounded like a, it sounded like a, a baby in distress. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell is that? And so we get further along and we get towards my house and, I'm, and I, it's getting louder and louder and louder. And I look across the road and I'm like, what the hell is that? It's like super, super loud. You can hear it. We like could hear it from the top of our street, like as we're walking down it. And then I look up and it's two seagulls. And it, this is like a family sky. Fam, I kept thinking this should be like a family guy sketch. It probably already has been. And these two seagulls were having a screaming match. <laughs> It was two screamers. There were like two seagulls side by side, and they were going. One was going, Kah! and the other one like just after it. They were staring at each other like intently, like they were staring at each other like really eyed wide. And then one was going, Kah! and then one went, "Oh really?" And I went, Kah! 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 like, and they just started like out trying to out scream each other. It was the funniest thing. Um, I, I couldn't stop laughing, and there was, and then. Because um, my brain started going like, at one point they started to synchronize and it sounded like they were going like, <laughs> they were coming up with some sort of like, <laughs> like they were doing a quite their own choir, like a seagull choir or something. Like they started like, you know, they were doing, they were quite good um, harmonizing at one point. Um, it was just, it was funny. Just uh, like, if you were aware of certain things around you, um, can be life can be quite funny. Just random stuff that you see. Um, I mean, like, that dog thing I never would have noticed if I didn't see the woman open That's the window. That's what I like about Twitter, is that people yeah. now have the ability to relay some of that random stuff. Yeah, exactly. And they'll tweet, mo- they'll word it, or they'll take a picture. And That's... That's a really good description of the difference between that and any other social media, is that Facebook's, like, bragging about what you've been doing. And yeah. there is a little bit of that on Twitter, but it's more just like, I've done this thing, check it out if you want. But a lot of it's just random stuff that people say like yeah. i tweeted the other day and i thought because I, I i had to say this because i thought it was hilarious I, as i said i'm a basketball fan and i was watching this program it was called um oh god i've suddenly forgot the name of it now but it was called uh, un, yeah it was called uninterrupted but you had to watch it in four parts yeah. okay. <laughs> like work that one out <laughs> that's yeah. not interrupted at all it's like you're making me click on three separate videos and like that's not inter- uninterrupted that's like the worst that's the most inaccurate name for a tv show i've ever heard it's like yeah. it's uninterrupted click these three parts uh and that he has some ads i like that i don't regard that as uninterrupted that's 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 false advertising it's uh, like um you know like one example of randomness is like um this school in the west end and i don't know if, i don't know why <clears throat> but um a nice scream ban it parks up at like uh, 3.30 when the kids leave and it's like parked behind a bus stop so I'll take a picture of it and I'll just say if only every bus stop has a, its own can come with its own ice cream van ha- hashtag people's manifesto <laughs> <laughs> that it's sounds like, a little bit dodgy actually you know, the <laughs> if only everyone had an ice cream van <laughs> yeah. oh dear but um, oh, that, 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 that's fun, right? Um, so yeah, let's let's end part one. Uh, so um, basically, so because we haven't done any in a while, I thought it made sense that we do a couple of ones because we've again we mentioned that mentally sound came back. And we never had a chance to talk about it properly. Um, because I said that thing about responsibility that came up. I was thinking about this today, so I want to talk about that. Um, and then just anything else really. 
Um, another thing that's funny on the day that we're doing this is there's a really important football scores and none of us know, so that's interesting. Um, so I'm sure we'll talk about that next time. But um, cool, we'll end part one uh, and basically we'll do part two, which will be released uh, a few days after this one. But um, if you listened this far, obviously listen to part two. But thanks for listening to part one. And so obviously, as I said, in part two, we're going to talk about uh, Mentally Sound, which is another podcast we do. So we encourage obviously people to subscribe to this. And Mentally Sound, which me and Ricky do once uh, a month, which is now on a radio sta- uh, an FM radio station in the northeast of England, which um, you can now you can subscribe to that through iTunes as well. We've just released um, the first ep- the first brand new episode of that, which is really good. Um, I'm not just saying that; I generally think it's brilliant. Um, yeah, I guess I'd say it's brilliant because I think it is. But it is, I generally think it is. I'm trying to be. I think I'm being objective and saying I think it's a really we did a really good job. Well, I, I'm, um, I'm super proud as I've, I've told you yeah. now. I think it's one of the best, if not the best. Yeah. So we'll talk about that in more detail uh, in the next one because we can talk about like how recording it and uh, being on Spice FM, which is the new place we're at. So cool. Um, so that wraps it up for this episode of uh, Geek Apocalypse. We'll obviously, do part two uh, very, very soon. So please listen to that. But in the words of the great B movie, Robot Jocks Crash and Burn. And we'll see you uh, for part two of this hosted episode with me and Ricky. Thanks, guys. And don't forget to subscribe. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.